to the book of 2 Kings. You already went to 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to go to chapter 5. Brother Evan took us to chapter 2 tonight. Did a great, tremendous word shot. And I want to read just a little bit, probably a little bit longer passage than I would normally read, but it, I need to tell the story. And uh, a familiar story, but I, I, I think it would be good for us to read it and uh, dissect it a little bit. 2 Kings chapter 5, <clears throat> verse number 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. He was a servant, Brother Evan, you talked about. And honorable. He was an honorable man. Sometimes we... we we start talking about Naaman and we immediately go to the negative, but he was, the Bible says he was an honorable man. Because by him, the Lord. By him, the Lord. I pray it can be said, by you, the Lord, did such and such. By me, the Lord, did such and such. By him or by her, God moved because of you. Think about that. This is an honorable man. Because by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. God delivered, and he's the captain of the host. I understand that. He's the, 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 the leader of the armies of Syria. He's the king's right-hand man. He's the com second in command, if you will. But the Bible says, by him, Naaman, God delivered the entire country. The nation, by Him. I just believe by you, God wants to do great things. Man. How often have we skipped over this part and went right to the negative, and yet we, this, He was an honorable man. <clears throat> because by Him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. But... He was a leper. He had faults like, like we all do. Amen. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Now what a strong statement. If, if Naaman was just with the prophet, with the man of God, he'd be healed. That's faith. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid, and that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and the six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, Behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, <clears throat> that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Well, number one, you're the king, you're not the prophet. Hello? 
Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. He's thinking, the king has sent Naaman here to kill me. He sent me to send him here, and knowing that I can't do it, or thinking that I can't do it, so because I can't, he's going to end up killing me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? In other words, chill out. I'm paraphrasing. Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over, over the place and recover the leper. I, I, he was, I thought he was going to make a show of this. Are not Abana and Farfar rivers of Damascus, Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? I mean, the Jordan River is a dirty river. There's a better, there are much better places to wash. So he turned and went away in a rage. He, he was angry. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Why not just go do what the men of God told you to do? But, brother, haven't you talked about servanthood? Why not just why can't we just be obedient to the word of God? Then when he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Title this message tonight with a question. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Help me pray that God will talk to us for a few minutes in this place. Lord, thankful for your word that's forever settled. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet, light unto our path. And God, I ask that you would speak to us together in this house as we come together. Lord, speak to each and every heart, every mind, every soul. Anoint me in Jesus' name I pray. And let the church say amen. 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 Lord bless you. You may be seated. Look at two or three people and ask them, what have you got to lose? My wife shared a little excerpt with me yesterday, or this week, and she shared it, and it says, a woman was once asked, what do you gain from praying to God regularly? What, what do you gain from praying to your Lord? To which she replied, usually, I don't gain anything. that was met with a puzzled look she said I, I pray and I usually don't gain anything but rather I lose things when I pray I lose my pride when I pray I, I lose my arrogance when I pray and seek the Lord I lose my greed 
When I pray, I lose my lust. When I'm in prayer, I lose my anger. When I'm in prayer, I, I lose the taste of sin. I lose my impatience and my despair and discouragement. I lose my fear and anxiety. When, when I turn to God, I lose my weakness. You see, sometimes the only way to gain and improve one's self and one's value is to lose. Looking up a definition of what it means to gain. A gain is an increase in the value or utility of an asset. A gain is an increase in the value or utility of an asset. Utility is usefulness. We become, as the church, much more useful and valuable to the kingdom of God when we lose the negative influences in our lives. Sometimes prayer is not about receiving, but it's about laying some things down. It's not about gaining things, but sometimes it's about losing things. Hebrews chapter 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily Beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sometimes to gain, the only way to gain is to lose, the only way to gain an increase in value, to become an asset for the kingdom of God to become a useful uh, tool in the hand of the Lord is to lose some things. Hallelujah. God is looking for some people that will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and turn from something that will lay some things down so that he can use us. We have much more utility, much more value, amen, in the eyes and the hands of God when, when we can lay some things down. It's, it's simple math in God's math. It's, it's addition by subtraction. <laughs> less is more, more or less. How many have ever seen a rocket launched into space or watched a space shuttle launch out with all the force, fire and smoke and rocket taking off and heading out through the stratosphere, going through the atmosphere, through all the different stages and what you usually see, you'll find when you watch, typically the rockets, they, they have these boosters attached to them. Like the space shuttle it is attached to a booster. And that booster is used to propel the shuttle or the rocket to a certain altitude. But there comes a point when the booster is no longer beneficial. 
And the rocket or the shuttle must, must uh, lose and, and be detached from the booster because it has now become a liability and no longer an asset. There are some things in our lives that God allows to happen or even puts them in, in, in our lives to that they, are, they propel us and boost us to higher dimensions in Him. Only to be used so that it can, it can propel us into a, to, to where God wants to, to take us. But it might come a point when the booster becomes more of a liability. And we have to lay aside and learn to pray. Let, let the, lay aside some things. Put some things aside. Not saying that they're sins, but they might be, there might be some weights. And what might be a weight to you may not be a weight to me. And what might be a weight to me may not be a weight to you. I believe God allows some things to happen. He puts some things in our lives that will be a booster and a catalyst to get us where we, where we need to be, where he's trying to take us. But at some point, they might become a boost, uh, like a, a more of a liability, and we have to detach from those things. We have to lay some things aside to make it all the way home. Some things that the boosters call fighting fights helps the shuttle, the rockets fight against the pull, the jaw of gravity. But there comes a point when gravity has no, no more pull. And so they don't need those things anymore. In Mark chapter 10, Peter was speaking with Jesus and the disciples were there. But Peter began to say unto Jesus, Lo, we have left all. We've left it all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath, hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but that he shall receive it a hundredfold. You hear this? Now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. Jesus said, everyone that is willing to leave it all will gain everything. I'm not trying to be one of them blab it and grab it, name it and claim it, prosperity pastor preachers right now. But he did say, now in this time and in the world to come. I believe if you have to leave certain situations, there are even relationships in my life. And I'm not telling anybody to run out and leave your husband or your spouse. Hear me, please don't misunderstand. Jesus was speaking, if you had to, for the gospel's sake, for his sake, to live for God, if you had to leave some family behind, if you had to leave some things behind, he said, you will be blessed a hundredfold. 
now in this time and in the world to come. Wow. There's some things I have let loose of here so that I might attain my heavenly reward over there. But I'll tell you, church, there are some things that I have let loose of here. And God has blessed me with peace of mind and with a family and a, fam a family of God, a church family that loves me. There are blessings that God has blessed us with in this life. Simply because we put some things down. We said because we gained some things only because we lost some things. Praise the Lord. Naaman's leprosy has often been equated to, referenced, because the sin, the Bible does makes this reference many times. Throughout the whole Bible, the Bible often uses the cancerous disease of leprosy to, in an analogous relationship, it's similar to sin. Like leprosy, sin is, is a spiritual disease. Sin separates man from God. People that had leprosy would, it would be separated from the, their family members. People that had leprosy would be, become outcasts, and they, they had to live outside of the city, and and they were, they were called unclean, and they, they couldn't partake of the things that people that were clean, that, that, were not with, that were without leprosy, that they couldn't go to the same places, they couldn't do the same things. Leprosy defiled the body, and leprosy, a, a horrible disease, be, begins to eat away the body, and eventually will lead to death. And really, really sounds like what sin does in the spiritual sense. Ephesians 5, the writer said, Paul said, No unclean person hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. No unclean. The reason we get to go to heaven is because we're going to be clean when we get there. Have you ever seen those signs at the, at the store? No, no shoes, no shirt, no service. One of there's going to be a. I don't think there's going to be a sign here. I mean, this is figuratively speaking. I don't wonder if there's a sign. No uncleanness here. We get to heaven. It's because we're clean when we get there. Ha <laughs> ha. We're washed, we're sanctified, we're justified by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When I was baptized in Jesus' name, my sin was washed away. And I believe, this might contradict people's, uh, but like Naaman, when he, was, when he dipped seven times in the River Jordan, he came up, the Bible says that there was the skin... The body was restored, and the skin was like a baby. Uh, that's like a new creature in Christ Jesus. What the canker worm had devoured, what sin had eaten, God restored. There will be people, I pray, more people come. 
They're going to come and their life's going to be empty. and it's, they're gonna, they're, they're, Their life has had holes eaten out of them, things eaten out of them, peace robbed from them. Yet when they get the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, God can restore the love and the joy and the peace. And... <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So again, I'll ask the question, what have you got to lose tonight? To gain everything. What have you got to lose? Is there anything in your life that is weighing you down? Is there anything that you could afford to lose? I, don't want, I, I, I was going to go into diets. I thought that's probably not a good thing because I don't like diets. <laughs> Lord knows I'd probably feel a little bit better if I lost a few pounds. I'd gain better health if I'd lose a little bit of weight. I Think what I could gain if I could exercise a little bit more. No pain, no gain. <clears throat> Hello? No pain, no gain. I'm telling you, a diet's painful. <laughs> you smell that chocolate cake cooking, them brownies, them chocolate chip cookies. And you can't eat that. That's some serious painful, that's a painful situation. <laughs> said I count all things but loss that I might gain Christ we could afford to lose everything as long as we gain him because if we gain Christ we gain everything but the coolest thing is is when we lay all these things down and we strive to be pleasing to him we gain Christ not only do we gain him but he gains a more valuable and you and useful servant I, I forego this and forego that so that I might present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It's my reasonable service. Not just so that I can serve Him, but that I can be serviceable by Him and of Him. So that God can use me. Because if I'm unclean and I'm not right, how can God use me? And I know God can use anybody. If He could use a donkey, He can use me. <laughs> Hello? But we have much greater utility, usefulness, when we're living a life pleasing to Him. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, and I'm, I'm going to try to <clears throat> wrap this up. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched men that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Paul's saying, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from this body of death. Uh, I've preached on this, taught on this many times. Paul was a very a learned man. He was wise. He understood. And <clears throat> I'm sure he had read, uh, read Publius Virgilus Maro, a poet named Virgil, one of ancient Rome's greatest poets, wrote during the Augustan period. He wrote the epic poem, the Aeneid, around 20 B.C. In the story, he writes about, in the story that 
that Virgil wrote about King Mazentius, how he would tie corpses, dead corpses, on the backs of people and take them out far outside the city, far away. They would be tied to their backs and this dang, the, the decaying body of death tied on their back and it would, it would harm their body. And I won't get too gross in it, but it, anyway, they would end up dying out there because they could not be set free from that body of death. This king in the book, his story would, would do it because he, he didn't like somebody, that's what he'd do to them. Paul says, that's, that's the way I was in sin. I had this body of death. I was destitute to die in sin and death. But thank God, he delivered me. Matter of fact, when he went to the cross, get the picture? He went to the cross and put himself. He said, I'll take the body of death. And they nailed Jesus to the cross. So that we could be del delivered. That was the cross that we should have bore. That was the body of death that, that we should have been crucified to. So I ask you, what have you got to lose tonight? That you might gain Christ. If you got something to lose, a body of death, you, want, you need to repent. I'm telling you, there is a Savior that says, I, I, I will forgive you. If you'll confess your faults and sins, I'll forgive you of your sin. I, I can wash you and cleanse you and purify you by my blood through watery grave of baptism. I can set you free. We know that he that the Son has set free is free indeed. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Did he not say, come unto me, all ye that, are la that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Praise God. I'm thankful that I, uh, that I don't have to carry around a body of death anymore. And it's through baptism that we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ and freed from that weight of sin. And it was through Jesus Christ that Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He's asking the question. But I thank God through Jesus Christ. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The only name... It's the only name you can be baptized and be delivered from the body of death is the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Romans 6 and 4, Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you're sanctified, but you are justified in the name of of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So here we find, back to our text, and I'll close with this. Naaman, go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. The Jordan River, that that 
Israel had crossed over before they entered into the promised land and took Jericho. The same place, Bethabara, the place of passage that even years down the road, Jesus is going to be baptized as our example by John the Baptist at the same place. Naaman, just go dip yourself seven times. Seven representing completeness and perfection. Just go dip yourself seven times. That's what the man of God instructed you to do. Just heed the word. Just do what the word of God says. He didn't like it. He was angry. He was upset. He wanted to go back. He started to go back home. He's in a rage. He's mad. Did you know it doesn't matter how you feel, that doesn't change the word of God? Whether you're happy and glad or sad and mad, it doesn't change the word of God. Whether naming you're happy about it or not, just go be obedient to what the word of God tells you to do. So Naaman went out in that dirty river, the Jordan River, and dipped himself. Seven times. <laughs> but the seventh time he came up out of the water. Which means it's the eighth time he was standing there because he went down seven. So that means he's in that he's standing there the eighth time, which is always new birth. It's newness. <laughs> it's kind of like, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. They look at Naaman, and where his nose was eaten away, and his ears were eaten away, and his skin was eaten away of leprosy, he was a brand new creature. What have you got to lose, Naaman? Well, I got, you know, a bad attitude, number one. And, and number two, I got all this leprosy that's killing me. I've got this disease that's eating my happiness, it's eating my flesh, it's, 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 eventually it's going to kill me. Well, what have you got to lose? Well, I, hello, I got leprosy. I can afford to lose that. Good, guess what, Naaman? You got that to lose, and look what you've got to gain. You get to gain quality and quantity of life. <laughs> When I was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I received quality and quantity of life. Life everlasting. Life eternal. The quality in this life, a hundredfold, and the quantity of life, a hundredfold, and then some for an eternity with Jesus Christ. What have you got to lose? And think about what have you got to gain? Naaman, you're focusing what you have to do here. You got to lose some pride. You're going to have to lose some pri <coughs> excuse me, some pride and humble yourself. But look what you've got to gain. So ask yourself again as we stand in this place tonight, what have you got to lose? What have I got to lose? What can I lose? Is there a sin or a weight? That I'm carrying around that I could afford to lose. 
so that I might be more pleasing and useful to the kingdom of God and in the hand of God? If I'm carrying around a grudge and a hurt, just how useful can I be when I'm trying to deal with somebody else that has a, a grudge and a hurt? They say misery loves company, but really how much, how much help are we going to be if, if we're harboring that same spirit? <clears throat> well, I thought it might get quiet tonight. John chapter 8. I'm trying to skip some here tonight. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the son abideth ever. And if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I don't know what, what weights you, you carry around. That the battle that goes on in your mind I, <clears throat> it might be some of the same battles we all fight I mean we all I don't, there's nothing new under the sun but what you deal with more maybe something totally different than what I deal with but I believe there's all for all of us there's, there, there's something that we can lose so that we might gain Christ I believe we have to lay aside some things. I can't, I'm not. You know, they, I am not intimidated to list out things and sins and name sins and standards. And this is what we stand for. I'm not intimidated to do that. I, no problem doing that. You will find, if you've been around very long, you find I usually try to teach and preach concepts and principles. Because I don't know that I can keep up with every little thing that this world introduces. But the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life haven't really changed. Even the gods of this world, they change names, but they're the same with demons. different names, same demons. I don't know why I'm going there. <clears throat> That's one thing I never picked up in the first place. <laughs> Just saying. What is it that you have to lose that you might gain? Is there something in your life Just be honest with yourself. You don't have to tell anybody else. Just be honest with yourself. Is there something in me? Is there a weight or a sin? Is there something 
that's holding me back, that's holding me down, that I've been carrying. I don't, I don't think God really wants me to carry that anymore. I think I'm just going to plead the blood. I'm just going to get victory over it. I'm just going to be obedient to the word of God. I'm going to spiritually dip seven times in Jordan. I'm going to come up and I'm going to be a new creature in Christ. Why don't we lift our hands and just talk to the Lord in this place?